0: Now, you know, I was thinking people are really scared about the
1: gelatinous cube, but uh, I don't think people are worried nearly enough about the gelatinous sphere. No, actually, you raise a good point because, it, you know, the cube, it just kind of sits there. Yeah. But the it's sphere, the it's just going to, like, roll at you. That's yeah. terrifying. It's got mobility. It's, yeah.
0: Have you, the gelatinous cube itself is hard enough to deal with. Imagine if that thing could actually move
1: after you. Right, like imagine um, an Indiana Jones ball trap style thing, but instead of there being a stone at the top, it's a gelatinous sphere. Terrifying. That's a party wipe.
0: That's a party wipe. Yeah, hundred percent. Nope. Yeah.
2: Well, well. Oh, you oh done? Are you I, done? I,
0: I didn't see you there.
2: Wow,
1: you usually don't <laughs> let us go as long as we want. So um. you know, I <laughs> appreciate that... the candor.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm letting your leash out a little this time, so. <laughs>
0: This time. Uh,
2: that's a mistake. Well, thanks for that uh that interesting insight, guys. I appreciate that. Anytime. But uh you know we do need to start this podcast. So that hey, podcast. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> I have a dice jail. I need to find a character jail. I'm Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Well, it's a it's a good thing that you're still alive. I've got some good plans for you in our upcoming campaign there. So, anyway, guys, welcome back! Thank you so much for uh, coming back to listen to us uh, rant, rave, discuss, chit chat, and otherwise just have a really good time. We can start with roll call today. Uh, we're we're down Joey, so but we still have Clay with us. Hello. We have Bree. Hello. We have Ryan. Hey there. And the man in the chair, Nathan. Hello, hello. So, uh, unfortunately, Joey is traveling, so we will not have him uh, for today. However, I think we've got a pretty good show, and uh, we can start. Uh, who wants to start? Let's just throw that out. I'm not even going to uh, point fingers. I'm just going to ask.
3: Oh, you know me, what? me, me, me. Oh, whoa. Me. Oh, whoa. Uh, whoa. Oh, Do you sorry. want to fight? Do you want to hey. rush bow tie Win?
2: No, no. no. Okay. Bree won. I heard That's her first. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I, and, I can see. And I'm afraid of her. I I am too, as I live with her. Uh, All right, Brie, what you got? What do you got?
3: Okay, so I have questions because ever since you brought it up to me, you know, like eventually becoming a DM, I was curious, I know for Ryan, you mentioned in the past that you kind of co-write your campaigns with your players sometimes. Um, So I want to know where the both of you get your inspiration in general. And specifically what resources you use or where you do you copy other uh dms sometimes or take bits and pieces i just want to know like each of your inspirations ryan like i said i know you kind of co-write your campaigns with your players but i'm i don't know if you do that all the time
1: uh yeah so i i definitely have sort of a magpie's nest of a homebrew world Um, It's kind of just everything that I find neat that I just kind of slap into my own campaign setting. Um, I did mention that I co-wrote this specifically with my players probably five years ago now. Um, And it's only been in use for about a year. But um, my campaign setting that I wrote myself, um, like, you know, after building it with, my players, I actually like went out and flushed it out myself. Um, a lot of the inspiration comes from, like, basically any form of media. So, you know, you've got stuff like um, games that I've played that find their way in there. Like, um, World of Warcraft was obviously a big part of my life, and you can definitely see those kind of, like, overtones in certain areas. Like, I really enjoyed the zone Nagran in uh, World of Warcraft, and that's basically this super green place with a bunch of floating islands, and that kind of manifested itself into one of the countries that I have, where it's predominantly inhabited inhabited by like wizards and people who can do magic, and so they all live on these floating castles, like on islands in the sky. So, um, I basically just kind of pull from whatever I find interesting, and um, it just kind of. You know, all gets culminated into this giant mixing pot of all of my ideas. So it's kind of just a reflection of the inside of my mind, I would say almost.
3: I can picture you being like having a list and be like, floating castles? Yeah, I gotta have that
1: check. Mm-hmm, exactly.
3: <laughs> That's pretty neat. I'm just gonna throw that in there.
1: Okay, there, okay.
3: What about you, Kevin? About that? <laughs> yeah, right. Without a floating castle. Yeah, I'll have one floating castle to have a floating castle, please. <laughs>
2: Well, mine goes back uh, quite a bit. We're talking, you know, when I, like I said, I started with AD&D. And back in the day, the backstory was very limited. I mean, nobody really got that involved in it. It was more of a mechanics. And it was truly nerds that played back then. And it was all about the mechanics, the, you know, using the books, the matrices, all of the calculations that were laid out. <clears> the <throat> story kind of took a second to it. And that's not the way that Gary Gygax wanted it. He wanted it to be fully evolved and, you know, to have your own uh, world per se. And I did like that. I, I like the fact that you can pretty much do anything. And the advent of 5E is when they really started pushing backstories. I mean, it actually, in the books, they actually, you know, they give samples if I'm not wrong. It's been a while since I've cracked open the book, but I'm pretty sure they give like sample backstories. That being said, that lends tremendously to what you're going to do to lay out your, your, you know, the entire campaign. Um, I like the more of the purest. I'm not quite the floating castles and uh, you know, however, I, I have made the jump uh, to planar and uh, some of the, the newer uh, things that I've, you know, been able to play but for the most part i'm just a lazy writer um i don't want to take the time to write down my story but i'll tell it to you okay and that's that's kind of where that came from i will take whatever you guys give me and then interweave it um this last campaign that uh, you know well the campaign we're currently running um it the backstories were just they fit so well It just, it was, you know, sometimes it's very convoluted and, you know, it's like, well, how am I going to get that one to fit in here? But you can make it work. Um, Sometimes though, their, their stories are so, I guess, focused that they have one thing in life that they are driven towards or, you know, a particular event that has made them the way they are that it's really hard to, you know, meld them with the rest of the group. But for the most part, it's just taking that story and moving it around. And, I, you know, I hate to say it, but I do very little planning. Almost all of mine is. Uh, you like to the live head. and breathe it, and and that's it. Exactly. And it does. it. It has a life of its own. And I think if you can do that, if you can see that in your mind and you can feel it and you are in the world when you describe it, everybody else will be able to see what you're talking about. Now, not everybody can do that. I know, uh, you know Ryan's even made uh, comments that, you know, if you explain something to him, yeah, sometimes it's a little harder for him to, you know, to picture it in his mind. So you have to be careful. And that's, you know, like I said, sometimes that's where you you do need to have the, you know, the battle map and the tokens and everything. So you kind of take a, you know, you get a look at it. Uh, but for as far as for the story, I mean, you know, and I haven't gone in depth like I should have, um, you know, I, I know some DMs, they go very intense. They will give you the weather. They'll tell you what's going on and the weather, you know, people don't think about that, but the weather can affect you tremendously. You know, if it starts snowing and you have no cold weather gear, whoa, that's a problem. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) yeah, You know? And, uh, you know, I've never, I've, I haven't thought to bring that in and, uh, I'm getting back into it. I'm starting to come through, but it is just a story in my mind. So there are two different ways, you know, Ryan's you're pulling more from, you know, his actual physical experience, things that he's seen that, you know, that he's, that he's witnessed and, and has gone through and other, uh, types of, you know, worlds and games and everything. And mine is more just a, a more of a medieval, you know, classic, that uh, I just kind of pull you in.
3: (laughs) Okay. I feel like I do like having some sort of reference, but I understand how maybe not like structuring and planning it, at least for you could mess up the rapport, mess up maybe a flow or maybe feel too (laughs) rigid. I feel like I might be somewhere in between. Um, I'm not, a great storyteller i mean i'm learning you know just based on my background with like disney i'm learning kind of how to storytell a little bit and you know i think the some people appreciate the attention to detail with little things like you mentioned the weather so i feel like i might do a couple things like that if i ever you know become brave enough to have my own campaign, but I think, I, I think I see both sides, like having yep. inspiration from things you've seen, whether it be movies, books. Um, I, I almost was expecting the both of you to get a lot of inspiration from books, but it makes oh, sense that, that you get inspiration from games too. And you know, there aren't too many movies that you might get inspiration from, but no, books, yeah. absolutely in games. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, I, like I was saying, like it's not just games either. Like obviously, you know, TV shows like Game of Thrones. That is definitely yeah. something that you know could like very well like impact me. And then books is obviously like a no-brainer. Um, you've got classics like Lord of the Rings and then um, the Chronicles of Narnia. Both of them great series. Very good fantasy. Very easy to base the campaign setting off of. So, yeah, I think that at least as far as, like, basing things off of material goes, there's plenty of sources out there that can get you started. I agree. I agree. Um, I would add, though, if you're planning on, like, getting into DMing, I would recommend not just immediately jumping into your own homebrew world. That is what I did, but I don't think it's the best way of going about it. No. Because um, there are pre-written modules that you can run, where all of the like setup is done for you, and you just kind of have to be in charge of it. And they're already balanced, and they have already like thought of everything in advance. And you just kind of have to make sure that it goes smoothly. And I would definitely recommend running one of those first before you like get into your own like creating your own world and everything.
3: I have to graduate, just making my own character by myself yeah. without so much
2: help and yeah.
3: holding. Well, <laughs> well
2: breathe. Let me let me bring something up that even the pre-made modules as good as they are your characters because the your the players in your campaign are going to mess it up because they never do what they're supposed to do just know that
3: you know that thing you worked really hard on yeah everyone else is gonna poop on it yeah pretty much
2: (laughs) pretty much that's why i usually have numerous npcs sitting on the sideline i have um a lot of you know a lot of whatever critters or you know whatever your foes are going to be
3: referees
2: i have a couple extra because sometimes your player characters i mean they're just just obliterate your um you know your 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 boss fight or i mean you know they could even uh, just little skirmishes and it's like well that was just way too easy i'm not giving them all that gold for you know killing a kobold and the rest ran away things like that come up i mean for the most part you just have to be ready for everything but you know i would actually recommend you co-dm with uh someone and you know Wait, you wanna, myself, you wanna
3: start a campaign together
2: we could come alongside you <laughs> and just let you kind of you know so, you know, if you do decide to do that, we are more than happy to do that because at some point we might actually get to play.
1: Yeah. What? Yeah. Or no. if you're uncomfortable coding, I mean, just shadowing would be a good idea too.
2: True. Just yeah. watching and then we, you know, we could kind of explain what was going on.
1: And being able to see what goes on behind the screen and whatnot.
2: Exactly. Dun,
3: dun, dun, dun well i i know that's it for me i i know that was a lot and like layers but i I was just curious because i am considering it and i do want to play games more camp play in more campaigns in general and i, I kind of want to throw myself out there uh, with strangers at one point to just kind of see how much i know and um you know just get more experience like i said being able to feel like i can fill out my own character sheet by myself without so much hand-holding and just kind of graduating in steps like that and kind right. of fully knowing maybe certain classes or a variety of races and just you know, being right. able to do that on my own and then start to think about that.
2: You don't have to know everything. I still go to Ryan to help me with my character sheets. Me too. <laughs> nice. Yeah.
3: Well, i like let Clay talk now. I know he's been itching. What?
2: He's already ready um, to rant. Is that what you're saying? Yeah,
3: he is. I can hear it.
2: <laughs>
0: Talking about things. Yeah.
2: So, are you are you ready to rant, or do you need a little uh encouragement? Because I could bring Ryan, bring up the uh, two lies and the truth.
0: You know, I've been working on my anger recently. Um, I've gone through a couple classes. I've practices. I've practiced meditating, and it's all a bunch of garbage. It doesn't help. Um, but all the same as of right now. I'm I'm not that angry. So uh Oh yeah.
1: will allow me to change things. Yeah there we go. Alright yeah, so. right on. Alright. So welcome back to my favorite segment, not biased at all. No um Two Lies and a Truth. Ah. Uh last week we did races and you know what? I had so much fun that I decided uh, I'm just gonna do races again this week. So Enjoy. um yeah Enjoy. so Uh, Here's uh, the deal for any first-time listeners. Uh, Basically, I'm going to be reading out three different uh, D&D races, and one of them exists as a canonical core race, or in peripheral uh, wizard's licensed material. Um, And the other two I just made up for fun. And uh, it's up to my good friend Clay here to figure out which one is real and which ones aren't. What if they're all real in my heart? Does that count? Do I still get
0: points for that?
1: Uh, You can have points in your heart. Those are worthless. Heart points! Alright, so here we go. Let's get into it. So, the first one is that there's a race of frog people that need to be completely submerged in water for an hour every day. Otherwise, um, they die, basically. Great. Yeah. Um, Here's the second one. There's a race of sentient crystal people that can shoot lasers uh, out of their bodies that do different damage types based off of the color of crystal they're made of. And the final one is that there is a race of monkey people who can wield three weapons at the same time by utilizing their tail. Okay, so we have um, Planet of the Apes. We have a Steven Universe character.
0: Yep. And um, And a frog that's got to take a a bath.
3: I love your really thought process. Just I just... <laughs> Simplifying it with movies
0: and stuff. Like, that's, that's what I heard. I was just, <laughs> it, it's straight up that's exactly where my mind goes. Okay. Um, so let's, I guess, let's go through <laughs> to try and reason our way through something that has no reason. Um, Gary Gygax, God rest your soul, but I don't know what you were doing. Uh, let's see. So we what? have a frog. Yep. That needs to be submerged in water for an hour a day.
1: Yep. Otherwise, uh, he gains exhaustion. Okay. Uh, You're yep.
3: working for a gold star, Clay. Remember that.
0: You know, I still have yet to receive one.
3: No, you did.
0: Yeah, you. No, did. I, I. got a. I won one. I didn't get a gold star. Oh, it's in the mail.
2: Nathan. Nathan. Yeah. Nathan. Send him. Send him a gold star. The poor guy. Throw him a bone
0: no okay we got crystal people with lasers yeah. I just, every time i hear the word laser i want to assume that that's not true because
1: i mean you can it, assume whatever you want claude i just
0: and <laughs> eh, that's star of david i appreciate that all the <laughs> <That's> same a... <laughs> um okay and then monkey people monkey people
3: Three weapons.
0: You know, Yeah. historically, Mm -hmm. I picked the one that I think makes the most sense. And last week, I told Ryan that I picked the one that made the least sense, and that's how I won. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then he told me he wasn't going to do that again. So right now, I'm I'm not really trying to figure out this thing. I'm trying to figure out Ryan. (laughs) And... Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> many have tried before you. I've and known you since we were in elementary school, and I haven't got it yet. I'm just going to go with frog people. It seems too innocuous. I feel like you're trying to trick me.
1: Mm. So you're <laughs> going to go with the, the race of frog people. It's the race of have frog people. to be people. submerged in water for an hour every day, otherwise they gain exhaustion.
0: It sounds realistic, but it also sounds very similar to blood caps
1: from last week. Mm. <laughs> I'm kind of regretting <laughs> it already. That was a few weeks ago. I have oh, some well. slack. I'm sorry. Um, all right. Well, before we get to the answer, uh, Brie, what do you think? I'd like to hear you weigh in.
3: My heart says say monkey, but then my brain says <laughs> no crystal people. Mm, so um, I'm oh, just mind. gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna go with the the crystal people.
1: Is there is there any reason that you think it's the crystal people?
3: Uh, I just feel like there's a little bit more to it from what you described. Hmm. And um, I don't know. My my brain's saying pick that one. Uh, but for for funnies, monkey.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, so Clay, you've chosen the frog people. Yeah, I did. And that's your final answer, right? Of course it is. All right, cool, you're locked in. Um, <laughs> I do like how happy to worry about that. Clay, I am pleased to tell you that you are in fact correct, it was the frog people. It's the people. stupid frog people! Yay, they're called Yeah!
3: Grung. Okay. okay Nathan, now he gets a real gold star. Yeah! <laughs> oh no, <laughs> never mind, yeah, give him yeah. another star update.
1: They They are called Grung, and they're They're called what? Grung, G-R-U-N-G, Grung. <laughs> um, they yeah, exist in some weird source book. Um, I don't even know if you could consider them core but I'm pretty sure they're licensed by wizards. So there you go. Little frog people. Gotta be soaked in water. Grung. Grung.
3: Well, I think the crystal people and the monkeys are creative. Thank
0: you for that. I think there's a reason that he DMs the campaigns. He's got that that creativity. Grung.
1: Homebrew for crystal and monkey people coming soon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: I dig that. What? Why is that?
0: These are. This is a playable race? This isn't just like a purely NPC race? Nope, it's
1: playable. They also have poison skin. They have, they have poison skin? Yeah. <laughs> yep. You should have led with that. I wouldn't have picked that.
0: That sounds stupid. Oh, well. Frogs. <sighs> oh, I don't know the biology <laughs> of frogs. I'm a okay. nerd. I play video games
2: all day. I don't know what frogs do that's that's your that's your problem you didn't take biology in high school i did didn't it. study frogs and you know what
3: <laughs> but nerds know about frogs
2: but i <laughs> frog nerds
0: know about frogs whatever uh, 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 moving on um i'm i i won and i'm still angry because that's just i hate winning and having it be something that i think is so stupid uh, it's fine it's fine <laughs> If you if you play g- gargles or whatever they are grung, um, grung reevaluate your choices <laughs> uh, just sit down in front of a mirror for a couple hours and just look at yourself uh, oh. just I think you'll get there on your own I don't have to scold you too badly the people I am going to scold today um, have you guys ever played in a campaign? And I think this is almost a trope now because it happens so often where you go into a town, you walk into a shop, you try to buy something, then you try to haggle with the shopkeeper, and it doesn't work. Now, a normal person, a human being with a brain and you know, not an enormous ego would try to haggle, have it not work, and be like, okay – and then either pay for the thing or leave. But somehow, in almost every campaign, there ends up being the guy that insists on continuing this interaction with a shopkeeper, whether it be by trying to intimidate the shopkeeper, trying to seduce the shopkeeper, trying to charm the shopkeeper, cast a spell. And it always ends up with it not working somehow. Like, I, I, it never... in my history of playing D&D or watching it, no one ever actually manages to intimidate the shopkeeper. They mostly just end up attacking the shopkeeper and possibly murdering the shopkeeper for no reason. If if you are haggling for something, stop. Just stop. It's <laughs> It's a shop in the middle of the city. You're not going to get that much of a discount. And if it doesn't work, just leave. Just walk away. I promise you your DM will give you another opportunity at some other point to get this thing. Just count your losses. It, have you guys had this? Have you I feel like um, I feel like somebody in one of our earlier campaigns did this.
1: Yeah. um I've definitely <laughs> seen my fair share of uh, shop interactions. Um. So, generally, if you have an issue where you have a player who wants to haggle and a shopkeeper who does not want to haggle, it's probably because the DM doesn't want to deal with giving you a million discounts on everything. Um, And you know what's going to happen if you haggle with every single shopkeeper that you come across? Your DM's just going to start marking up the prices. And when you haggle, they're just going to bring them down to the level that the DM wanted them to be at to begin with. So, (laughs) my recommendation. Is don't unless you actually need to um, like you know if there's some guy who's selling something that you obviously need for a quest then you know go ahead like charm him whatever but like if you're like oh man my character really needs a gold necklace with no magical properties just so I can look blinged out right now but I only have five <laughs> gold on me and he's selling it for a hundred I think I need to to get this guy back to the inn, and then everything's gonna work out from there. Like, no, just don't stop.
0: Doesn't make any sense.
1: I, I swear, being a shopkeeper
0: in the D and D universe must be one of like the have one of the highest mortality rates of any <laughs> any job. Like, some people are really like, I want to grow up to be an adventurer, mom, and they're like, okay, okay, as long as long as you're not a shopkeeper. Those guys are constantly dying. <laughs> <laughs> left and right, you They're know.
3: Always in trouble. Just. It
0: it it annoys me. Please don't be that person. It it makes no sense, and you're just gonna piss off the people at your table.
2: Hey, well, Clay, you know how I take care of them, don't you?
0: I'd I'd love to know. Tell me.
2: You know that I like NPCs, right?
0: I I, I do. You love yeah.
2: them. Well, the the shopkeeper's usually the little guy, and you know, and you start to threaten him, and then his little brother comes out who's a uh, half troll. There's no more, there's no more haggling. It's done.
0: I mean, so, so that's, uh, you know, that's going to murder the shopkeeper for a discount on chocolate.
2: It just makes for a very short campaign because, yeah. you know, <laughs> nothing, nothing, you know, makes a DM matter. Then you just, you know, keep trying to, you know, to force your way. So, well, I, I, it is what it is, you know, yeah so I all right you... will you feel better now
0: um no, no. <laughs> i'm ever gonna feel better again
3: but... <laughs> hey, but you got a gold star clay look you have a gold star
0: oh
2: yeah. my goodness would you look at that it's and i, so I painted beautiful. i i sent you a portrait of uh, you as well
0: <laughs> oh boy
2: go get in your water thank you yeah For our listeners, we, uh, we're, we're bugging poor clay on the, uh, discord server. So thank you. You're welcome. You're so welcome. Um, all right. So we've got that, uh, we've got the rant out of the way. Uh, I've got one little piece that I can throw out and, uh, it's a, this or that, uh, one that, uh, Clay has uh, suggested I do every once in a while. So yes, uh, this or that today is DM dice rolls shown or dice rolls hidden. Ooh. Um, I know that the DMS have, you know, their, their preferences. Some don't want the, you know, players to see the roles. Others want them, you know, to, to play along. Um, I'm going to throw that out to Ryan. What what do you like? Do you like to hide your dice rolls, or do you like them to be open and let everybody see what's happening?
1: Um, So typically, in a game, I do almost all of my dice rolling behind the DM screen. Um, There are certain things that I'll roll out in the open, uh, but usually that's for, like, you know, silly stuff that doesn't really matter. So, like, if somebody's like, oh, I'm gonna go look through this knickknack shop and see if I can find, like, this very specific thing, I'll be like, okay, I'll roll D100 for you. And then they end up getting, like, a two. And I'm like, nope, sorry. <laughs> um, and so, like, that kind of stuff, I don't mind rolling out in the open. But anything that has to do with combat or skill checks, usually I like rolling behind the screen. Simply because it, first of all, it keeps the players from metagaming, which um, is obviously something that even as a player we try to avoid, but it becomes very difficult when we can see all of the rolls. So, like, if I roll a 13 on a dice and you have an armor class of 15, and I'm like, oh, that hits, then you know that the person that you're fighting has at least a plus two modifier to their attack roll, right? And so basically, people pick up on that kind of information um, regardless of whether they're trying to or not. And that can lead you to make conclusions about how much strength or dexterity they have. And really, it's just easier for everyone if you roll it behind the screen, and you're just like, does this number hit you? And then they don't know what you rolled one way or the other. Um, And also, it opens up the opportunity of fudging rolls, which I know can be controversial. But I think that it's a fundamental part of being a DM. and the ability to slightly tip things either in the favor of your monsters or your party um really helps with like getting the flow of a game um, to go in the direction that you want it to,
2: yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, I know some DMs like it to be open, but uh, they're also the they're the type of DMs that are going to. They're gonna follow whatever the role is. There is no fudging, and I honestly, I believe that that's part of the DM's job. Sometimes fudging is necessary, especially in low-level character parties, where you know you can you can take out an entire party very quickly, and uh, you know then they, they 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 look at you with that stunned face, and it's like, well now what? Well we can go eat now, you know. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Game's
1: over. Peter here. <laughs> See you guys next week
2: for session no, zero. zero again.
3: Yeah, when, yeah when make they sure roll you, like us, too. Yeah, it's not
2: yeah, a lot of a, hope. Bring a new character. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really call it fudging. I call it balancing because I mean sometimes, just based on the rolls. I mean you know like we've said, sometimes you just have extremely poor luck, um, and you're just rolling horribly over and over and over. and, and the you know then the monsters or you know, whatever the foe is, uh, is, you know, hitting 18, 19s and 20s, you know, constantly. And you know, sometimes you just have to affect that balance. I personally like to keep them, you know, hidden. Uh, I don't even know that I would even throw some out there, you know, for you to see, unless it was, it's like the, the victory, you know, you know, that the, the boss is going down and, you know, I, I'll let you guys all, you know, see what's going on and what the roles are so that you can, you know, you get into it. But I I agree. I think you need to keep it to yourself as a DM, just so that you can make those modifiers as necessary. And uh, I know some DMs are purists and they'll say, Oh, that's, that's, you know, that's heresy. But honestly, I'm there to play with the characters, you know, and basically I'm just weaving the story and letting them play. You know they're playing in my universe because unfortunately, it is coming out of my head. Uh, you know, everything that you know the, you're experiencing is something that I put together. And uh, I guess I'm just not an evil DM. I guess that's mm. what it comes down to. Right. and
1: I agree. I think that d and d is more like collaborative storytelling, and the rules are really only there just to give it structure. Um, I think that being able to like slightly manipulate that as a DM is just kind of, being a storyteller in the moment, where the like I'm almost tempted to say the rules are almost a suggestion. They basically just make it so that everything works well. But um, at the same time, like if you played the game with only the rules and no storytelling, that's boring. Nobody just wants to, you know, roll dice, get a number, and go. Yes, I hit that thing very good. I don't know what the thing was, but the number went down, and that's good enough. I don't know. Maybe some people enjoy that, but that's not why I play D D and D, and that's not why I DM either. So
2: right, and I I think that comes down to you know whatever style you you are playing and who your characters, you know, what they want in the the campaign, and a lot of times there are you know times when the characters or the uh, players and the DM can't reach you know an understanding, and uh, usually the players will go elsewhere. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It, we're not saying that DM's bad. He's just got a different style. Um, you know, some DMs, uh, you know, will try to um, discourage evil characters while others are, you know, yeah, bring it on. I'm dark. I'm, you know, let's do it. Um, it, you know, it happens. That's just, it's just the way things are. Um, and that's DM is very far reaching. And, you know, it reaches, you know, every, you know, economic uh, race, you know, creed, religion. I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, You can play because it's, it's, it, 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 it's above everything. And it just depends on you, you know, finding a DM that you like their style. And that's why Bree, That's why we're kind of keeping pushing you because we really want that, you know, to come out. We want more DMs because I would love to see what kind of style you have. I want to see what you, you know, what you can create, what your idea, you know, of uh, balance is, um, I'm waiting. So, you know, when you're ready, you just let us know.
3: <laughs> okay, but imagine Clay being a DM.
2: We've, we've seen oh, Clay no, being a
1: DM, no, and no, that is... Yeah, uh, Wait, we, <laughs> yeah. We yeah. once upon yeah. a time. It when was, it, was,
3: that? was that? I might say
1: in? that Clay had a really good idea for a campaign setting, but the execution was a little bit lacking.
0: Clay went into it having never read anything about D and only having
3: oh wow. i ended up
0: being a dm after playing like four homebrew sessions not even oh. campaign like sessions and i was like i oh. can do that and then i couldn't do that
2: so <laughs> well,
3: I, I applaud put your in, uh, bravery
2: a little more effort i may revisit it that? at some point it was a hey, long clay? time ago yes clay know that it, we're more than willing to come alongside you as well i mean we'd right. like to you know to to breed as many DMs as we can. Like I said, you know, we we kind of want out. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like it's our pardon from prison, you know, the DM yeah. prison. So, you know, if you want to, just let us know. We'll be more than happy to, you know, help you get to that point.
0: Yeah, I know. I appreciate it. Oh, um, and just throwing, throwing it into this, the last point there. If you really want to play a game where you're just rolling against your players as a DM, And you're actively like, oh well, the dice killed you, so you're dead. Just go play Dark Souls. You know? Stop (laughs) if you really want to be punished that badly, go play a game that's designed to punish you. Like this it's supposed (laughs) to be a good time, it's supposed to be a story. It shouldn't all be abruptly ended because of some dice roll fudging dice rolls, I feel like, is (laughs) not only, you know, something that should happen, I feel like it's almost a requirement for a good story. Because ultimately it if you die to something stupid, then what was the point in playing? It's There's no story there. It
2: just seems... well, I agree, but the caveat is if you really do something that's stupid, sometimes you deserve to lose a character.
3: Sometimes you're <laughs> bad and you should feel bad.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, there are <laughs> certain times. Don't get me wrong. There are people that are bad and
0: should feel bad.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm just saying. I'm not a DM, but.
1: Yeah. 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 You know. Yet. Yet. Uh, you like, if your character jumps into the bottomless chasm, don't expect them to survive that. That's that's your fault. You should back. Not have, shouldn't that's have right. jumped in. There was no water pool at the
0: bottom. You're just dead.
2: Uh, all right, guys. Well, that pretty much wraps up this week. I think we're uh, we're almost out of time if we haven't already kind of gone over our limit. But, uh, hey, we don't have a limit, so, you know, it is what yeah. it is. And we're, yeah! We just hope you enjoyed it, right? It doesn't matter. Nathan Doesn't matter never how
1: long. yelled with us, so we must be doing okay. I'm
2: yeah. okay if you enjoyed it. Somebody needs to wake up Nathan. Nathan, where's our time? Hmm? TikTok. TikTok.
0: Nathan is tick-tick. typing. Uh, Nathan perfect. has told us that we've been talking for an hour and a half, so we are going to cut it.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Have a wonderful week, and uh, we hope to see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh,